The Holy Gospel is taken from Mark's 10th chapter, beginning with the 46th verse. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered the man to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still, stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of our Lord. So except for right now, because we just read about him, how many of you are familiar with Bartimaeus? Yeah, I don't remember the dude either. And yet, many of the commentaries I consulted in preparation for this morning's sermon, including the footnotes in my study Bible, refer to Bartimaeus, and we're going to call him Bart for short, refer to him as the model of a perfect disciple or follower of Jesus. Bart's story gets placed at the end of Mark's 10th chapter, and this accomplishes several things for the gospel narrative. It's the last healing story in Mark's gospel. It concludes the third passion prediction section, which was not in last week's lectionary, but I read it where I was anyway. It's the last segment of Jesus's ministry in Galilee, and it concludes the first section of the gospel as a whole, all the stuff before Jerusalem. It also brings together a lot of themes from the previous 10 chapters, especially on discipleship and healing. And it does refer back to a lot, and I included several of those things, but not all of them. This shortest of our four Gospels is packed with a lot. And Mark's writer uses the seven verses that we read today to refer the listener reader back to many, many things throughout the first 10 chapters. As our church year is coming to its close over the next few weeks, Jesus is concluding his public ministry, that time of traveling all about, preaching, teaching, healing, and he's beginning his final journey into Jerusalem, where, as he has told the disciples three times now, he will be betrayed, suffer physically, be killed, and rise again on the third day. From the beginning, Mark's writer has been asserting that the final manifestation of God's realm is near. The various aspects of Jesus' ministry, especially the miracles, anticipate that realm and point to following Jesus as helping to realize God's realm here and now. The first seven and a half chapters, however, leave out that essential bit about suffering. But then in chapter eight, our anonymous writer begins to shift the focus in verses 22 through 26. They came to Bethsaida. 
Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he, he asked the man, can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again and he looked intently and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his home saying, do not even go into the village. Those verses, that story never read in our Sunday lectionary, but it sets up what happens next, which we do read. Jesus asks his disciples who the people say he is and Peter responds, you are the Messiah. And then Jesus begins to teach them about how he, the son of humanity, will be betrayed, suffer, die, and rise again on the third day. It's the first passion prediction. The unnamed man and Bart stories bookend these three passion predictions. Both stories anticipate the divine realm and use blindness as the gaining of sight to speak figuratively of theological perception. The disciples are like the man at Bethsaida. They have a limited understanding of what Jesus is talking about. Like after the first eye spit and touch, they have only a partial awareness of the realm of God. It's walking about like trees, fuzzy. They know it's coming. They see its signs, but their vision is all hazy. Peter knows Jesus is the Messiah, but he doesn't want to hear about all of that icky suffering business and tells Jesus not to talk about it. And the second touch is like what happens next. They begin to perceive the coming of the, they begin to perceive that the coming realm of God includes suffering, but they're still misunderstanding. That second touch is incomplete for them. Peter tells Jesus, don't say such things. And then they don't understand what Jesus is talking about and they're afraid to ask him, so they argue about who among them is the greatest. And then they hear the part about Jesus and glory, so two brothers ask for one of them to be seated at his right hand and the other at his left hand. Bart's story confirms that the eyes of the disciples, and us in turn down the line, can be opened and that theological insight restored. Bart's cry, have mercy on me, comes from a Greek word I'm not going to try pronouncing, but that Greek word is a rendering of the Hebrew word chesed, God's steadfast love or covenantal loyalty. Bart isn't seeking mere mercy or pity, but a sign that he is welcome into the covenantal community. Divine chesed is a primary quality of the realm of God. Unlike the sons of Zebedee making an inappropriate request, Bartimaeus is asking to see, to be a part of the realm of God. Jesus heals Bartimaeus by word alone, no touching, indicating that the risen Jesus can restore the disciples and the church, us today, and prepare them, us, for other encounters on the way. Beyond the simple healing here, there are several indicators of Bart's discipleship. Jesus calls the man to himself the same way he called the other disciples way back in the beginning of Mark's gospel. The man casts off and leaves his cloak like the disciples left behind their jobs, homes, and families 
and then he follows on the way. Bartimaeus joins the twelve and the several other disciples on the way to Jerusalem. The triumphal entry opening Mark's next chapter. Bartimaeus follows Jesus on the way to the cross, on the way to the tomb, on the way into the world resurrected to share the good news. Bart is given as an example of perfect discipleship in contrast to the ones who have been following Jesus around this whole time in the requests that he makes. Unlike the sons of Zebedee who ask for a place of honor when Jesus comes to glory, the son of Timaeus asks for mercy to be a part of the covenantal community. He follows with faith that has made him well, unable able to have theological insight. His openness to God and God's activity is not constrained by fear. Bartimaeus is given the first Bartimaeus is given to the first hearers and readers of Mark on down to and beyond us today as an example of discipleship that recognizes the suffering that comes from following Jesus. This is a hard grasp for, I think, like all of us to grasp, especially given the modern English connotations of a phrase like, your faith has made you well. It gives the impression that a strong enough faith can cure our problems. That's not how Jesus works, because that man clearly did not shy away from suffering, that of others or of his own. Faith in Jesus, following Jesus, doesn't cure us of what ails us, cancer, COVID, depression, cerebral palsy, unemployment, injustice, or whatever. But the incarnate God meets us where we are in human suffering and leads us to, well, more suffering, it seems, but on the way, we are shown many wondrous things of God. On the way, we are shown the glory of resurrection and new life, now, and this is the true healing. It is so easy to be like Peter or James or John, limited in our theological insights, hearing the easy stuff, what feels good, and asking for those places of honor. See, Jesus, I did good. Do I get a gold star now? It's much harder to be like Bartimaeus, casting off what constrains us and asking to be truly a part of God's covenant community, to see the realm of God and thus follow on the way in suffering. But that is suffering that leads to healing. May the call of Jesus this morning and beyond heal you on the way. Amen. Amen.